Are you ready for the end of the world? This is Your Community Spirit, a show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit coming at you live and half local and in your face. Uh, here on WDBX 91.1 FM, community radio for Southern Illinois. And I think I heard you chuckle at that one or so. Are you with us? That was funny. <laughs> Half local, huh? Or half loco. Yes, well, we're probably about three quarters loco, but half local today. <laughs> well, a lot of the news articles we're going to talk about are worldwide things. So, I don't know. Maybe we're local, local, and focused on the world, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is there any news today? Uh, yeah, I heard about this one. Some exciting news. Uh, 350.org is partnering with the City of Seattle and the Mayor's Innovation Project to announce that 11 cities have committed pr- to pursue fossil fuel divestment. Now, we- we've talked about here before uh, about how universities are starting to divest from fossil fuels. It, you know, it's similar to the during the apartheid in South Africa. Universities were divesting from investments in South Africa because they didn't want to support discrimination. So universities have started doing that with fossil fuels, but now it's not just universities. It's also cities. I wonder how they can actually do that in this day and age, you know? How you can fully divest. Yeah. I mean, what they're talking about, though, is their investment money. Yeah. So that's what they're talking about. Are you know, this city invests their money in a certain stock portfolio, and they're asking those portfolios to not put money into uh, fossil fuels. Yeah, and there still be more direct ways. There still may be more direct ways in which the city's participating in the fossil fuel economy. You know, having roads, having gas stations, having produce shipped across thousands of miles, but. At least they're not directly investing in fossil fuels anymore. Well, I mean, um, big the big five oil lobbies spent last quarter, uh, ExxonMobil spent $4.8 million lobbying, Chevron spent $3.7 million lobbying, and Shell and BP about $2 million apiece, and Exxon Phillips a measly $1.5 million in the last quarter. <laughs> the last quarter. So ExxonMobil spent $4.8 million. They still haven't paid for the, you know, the ExxonMobil or, you know, what was it, the Exxon Valdez oil spill in 1989, and they lost that lawsuit. But they're still spending, you know, five. But it's a measly $4.8 million a quarter. Is that a big deal for them? Not very much money for how much they're actually making. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. So, yeah, cities are divesting. Uh, it may be coming to a city near you. You could ask your city council if they're going to be divesting from fossil fuels. And, I mean, I'll, the majority of them are large cities, you know. I mean, there's a couple small cities, but in um, Ithaca, New York, 26-year-old mayor 
one of the country's youngest mayors and the youngest African-American politician committed to divestment earlier this week after meeting with a group of high school students who asked them for, to protect their shared future. Hmm, yeah. I mean, the Board of Supervisors of the City of San Francisco unanimously on Tuesday voted to push the city's retirement fund to divest $583 million from the fossil fuel industry. Hmm. So, Yeah, well, it's, it seems to be a growing movement. You know, people are realizing that this is a big money-making industry and there's people making money on this destruction that's being caused, and one way to challenge that is to stop giving them your money. So, yeah, we'll definitely be... If more cities join or if more universities join, we'll definitely be following that story. And the thing is, is as people are taking their money out, the value of the stocks for that company goes down, and therefore the people who do still have their money in are not making much money off the stocks. So it's like this perpetual downward spiral yeah. for the value. It could be a feedback loop, just like some of the climate feedback loops. You know, feedback loops can work in many contexts, and one is economic people start dumping the stock, then, well, it becomes a less valuable stock and more people start dumping it. Before you know it, we may not have fossil fuel companies. Was that a joke? Oh, well, it's, it's a half joke, half serious. You know, I don't think we're anywhere close to that point, but, you know, 50 years from now, who knows? Well, I mean, what, 100 years ago, we didn't have any fossil fuels, so... Yeah. Well, probably a little more than 100 years ago at this point, but, yeah... Things can change in the course of a hundred years. Sometimes in the course of five or ten years. Okay, let's see. What other news we have today? Uh, oh yeah, troubled slaughter. Big egg fights to keep out prying eyes. I wonder why. Yeah, why? You know, why are they keeping secrets? You know, if, if everything's going okay in the industry, why don't they want any prying eyes there? I mean, they're literally the industrial farm lobby is pushing tough laws that criminalize the documentation of animal abuse. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah. Um, and, I mean, they're doing it, and they're calling it industrial espionage. <laughs> or, you know, no, industrial um, terrorism. Industrial terrorism. <laughs> you know, or the the first word is probably more applicable. Yeah. Um because, I mean, people are sneaking into, you know, factories and yeah. making films. So, yeah, so it's considered, you know, like if it's someone who doesn't work there, it's considered trespassing. Um, but then, you know, if they want to prosecute that, they can prosecute that under existing laws. And also there are certain, you know, there are protections for whistleblowers and for people who are trying to uh, document crime. It, at least in theory, there are such protections. But the industrial farm lobby wants to change that. So, I mean, for a little over 10 years, groups such as Mercy for Animals, the Humane Society of the United States, and Compassion Over Killing, they've conducted all these underground investigations into abuses and, you know, violations at factory farms, and then, of course, publicized yeah. what they document. Um, and it's actually worked. Yeah. Big, big animal ag is now getting scared because um, the campaign has had businesses closed, criminal charges, and then, of course, the broader changes in um, society where people are eating less meat. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, when you start documenting these crimes, then people start getting in trouble for them. Uh, it, it reminds me of, I'm sure Paul from the last show could talk more about this, but the necessity defense that, you know, if, if you do, you know, say you're breaking a law in order to document these violations of the law, then you can, your defense can be, well, I was documenting and trying to stop these violations of the law. I mean, yeah, the, the, the consequences of stepping over a fence that you're not supposed to step over versus torturing tens of thousands of animals, you know, there's a difference of scale there. Well, in the public, you can, you can actually, an individual can do a citizen's arrest. Yeah. But they're saying you can't do that in private, even if they're violating a major law. Yeah. So, um, I went to a food sanitation class last week. And we were talking about, well, um, basically manure getting into food. Yeah. And and the lady who was teaching the class said, um, it's become more of an issue because it used to be when you got meat from one cow, it was from one cow. Yeah. Now you get meat from, you get a hamburger, and it can be from 100 cows from 100 different places around the world all ground up together. Yeah. So... Yeah, that creates, you know, not just potential animal cruelty issues, but also human health issues, and it's not a good thing. And I mean, the number one cause of death um, is E. coli, and that's literally, you know, manure in your meat supply. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's a tasty prospect. <laughs> Another tasty prospect. USDA whistleblowers claim poultry plant chemicals a serious health hazard. With a flurry of ag-gag laws seeking to silence undercover activists, the meat industry might have helped hope that lurid headlines and exposés would become a thing of the past. There's one problem with that. The people who work in many of these facilities are less than happy about conditions, too. After all, animal abuse and worker abuse often go hand in hand. As part of their investigations into changing food inspection regulations, the Food Integrity Project and the Government Accountability Project have just released two affidavits from USDA inspectors detailing serious accusations of unsafe chemical use and resulting health impacts on plant workers and inspectors. And... Um, I mean, basically, well, they're just spraying a lot of chemicals on, you know, the dead animals, mm -hmm. and it's getting breathed and or um, soaked into the meat. It's not getting, they're not following proper, can you believe that our food has proper chemical processes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I um, contaminated carcasses remain on the processing line with the other birds, and then all the birds are sprayed with chemicals uh, to clean them. And um, people are breathing it, and then the chemicals are staying on the actual animals. Yeah, and that doesn't sound good for the workers or the animals or the people who eat the food. And um, activists are actually angry um about this issue, but also the plans to shift responsibility for inspections from government inspectors to the poultry processing companies themselves. So here there's a whole bunch of problems, and there's not enough inspectors to catch them. So yeah. now they're saying, okay, we'll just let you self-inspect self yourself. <laughs> yeah, how's that been going so far? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Yeah. Let's talk more about more chemicals. Okay. Well, first, let's talk about uh, other local news that's a bit more cheery of a nature. Uh, we've okay. still got the WDBX Spring Membership Drive going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's an exciting time. You know, you can support community radio and keep us on the air. If you give us a call at 618-457-3691, you can be a part of community radio. You'll hear talk shows like this one. You'll hear music of just about every genre. Some people like to say every genre you know of and some that you don't. There's all sorts of interesting creative musicians and artists here on WDBX. So the number to call is 618-457-3691. And you can be a part of Community Radio by calling. This is your community spirit. Yes. It's your community spirit. It's yours. Yeah. We're here, you know. If we wanted to, we could just sit at home and read these stories ourselves, just quietly on, on, on the computer, you know, but that's not what we're doing here. We're sharing it here with you. Sharing the spirit. So. Yeah. So now that we've shared a little bit of the cheery local spirit, let's talk about some of these chemicals again. <laughs> <laughs> See, if we, if we weren't here on the radio on WDBX, you might not hear about a lot of this stuff, because they're not going to talk about it in a lot of other media sources. Uh, we talk about it here, though. Because we've got your interests at heart. So yeah, this one is about fracking. Fracking waste deemed too radioactive for hazardous waste dump. A truck carrying fracking waste was quarantined and then sent back to where it came from after its contents triggered a radiation alarm at a Pennsylvania hazardous waste landfill. The truck's load was nearly ten times more radioactive than is permitted at the dump at South Huntington Township. The radiation came from radium-226, a naturally occurring material from the Marcellus Shale, which is, being fracked, which is being fracked for natural gas in Pennsylvania and nearby states. Quote, radium is a well-known contaminant in fracking operations, writes Jeff McMahon at Forbes. Okay. Did you know that this was a well-known contaminant? Um, I knew this is the first incident I've heard of where they directly detected it and turned away a truck for it. I've heard the fracking activists talk about how there can be radiation in the water after okay. it's been fracked. But uh, this is, it's important to get evidence like this, though, because it's one thing to say, well, the radiation's down there, it may happen, versus, oh, we found this truck full of fracking fluid that's got ten times the radiation, it's a lot to dump. So this isn't just a hypothetical problem, this is, uh, this is a problem that is actually happening with fracking fluid. And just think, you know, a lot of the... Mitigation methods they use for fracking fluid is to let it sit somewhere for a long time in a pond and just let it dry up. And they're probably not running radiation meters there. You know, they caught this because they tried to bring it to a dump. But right. if it's out there in the field somewhere, no one will will know unless they do radiation detection. I actually have a friend who works at a, a factory in Tennessee where they make a nuke buster, I think is what it's called. It's like a handheld mm -hmm. radiation detector. And um, you would think that their business would be tapering off at, you know, saturating the market, but they they steadily increased business since they started doing it in the 70s. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I mean, of course, when the whole Japanese thing happened, there was they had a lot of orders from the West Coast where people wanted to test the wind coming over from Japan. Yeah. All right. This solar power system makes electricity and clean water at the same time. 
Now, most solar power systems are either photovoltaic or thermal. They work by either collecting either electrical energy or heat energy, and they often use up tons of water. Um, this system collects both electrical and thermal energy, and it desalinates water at the same time. That's the equivalent of patting your head and rubbing your belly at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And so. But more useful. <laughs> yeah. They they concentrate all the light to heat it up to a safe temperature, and then they run water through it to cool it down. Because the cooler on the electrical side it is, the more electricity it'll produce. Mm -hmm. And then while they're taking that, you know, cooling it down, well, they're heating up water. So yeah. It's like this dual purpose. And then the heat is used to evaporate salt water, which once condenses is pure water. So, I mean, all these desert countries that live near the ocean, they can make electricity and desalinate water. Yeah. Get pure water. So That sounds pretty exciting. So it's called the high concentration photovoltaic thermal system. Hmm. I think <laughs> this one I thought was just hilarious. Apparently, even cats can get addicted to McDonald's. This hmm. is literally a homeless cat that um, what is it? If you grew up in a McDonald's parking lot, what would you eat? And what if you were an adorable little black and white cat named Frankie? You would eat hamburger patties and chicken McNuggets, obviously. Now, Frankie wasn't just eating just plain old trash. She was getting fresh, well, freshest meat hmm. from the people who ordered an extra patty and would talk to him when he came sniffing around. But if there's something addictive about fast food, it seems like it affects cats, too. Because after Frankie was rescued from the parking lot, he wouldn't eat cat food. He hasn't said no kibble. That would be amazing. But in the cat language of tough refusal he had, hmm. I would put cat food down and he would give me a look like, what is this? Said the woman who's fostering him. But those nice people didn't save him from McDonald's parking lot so he could return to a McDonald's parking lot diet. Hmm. Eventually, we'll get him off the special sauce and onto some delicious, healthy, um, whole cat food. And then maybe we'd opt out of McDonald's, too. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah, and it does kind of show how addictive the food is. I mean, I've had I've had friends who would give me a similar look, you know, like if they, they see vegetable salad instead of burgers, they'll be like, what is that? It, they expect me to eat this? <laughs> so humans also have the same response as that kitty cat. All right. <laughs> Today is Hug an Australian Day. Ah. Quick, we've got to go and find an Australian so we can hug yeah. an Australian today. So, it's also, also uh, yeah, it's also Richter Scale Day, but let's not celebrate Richter Scale Day in any earth-shaking ways. No. It's <laughs> just like, you know, um, tomorrow it's Administrative Professional Day and Bay Birthday and the birthday of Coretta Scott the civil rights leader and the wife of MLK. Yes. All right, on Sunday, it's Poem in Your Pocket Day. Or you're just happy to see me. <laughs> yeah. Is that a poem in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? Uh, it's also Take Our Daughters and Sons to Work Day. 
It's a day to introduce your kids to whatever it is you do at your workplace. And it's uh, Workers' Memorial Day also. Monday is National Arbor Day, National Dream Hotline, and National Hairball Awareness Day. <laughs> I think if you had a hairball, you'd be aware of it. Yeah, you think so. I guess it's awareness for people who are like, what is that that my cat just coughed up? <laughs> All right, also coming up is uh, Beltane, the holiday celebrating spring. Uh, Beltane is coming up on the uh, 1st of May, actually, or the 30th of April, I suppose, depending on when you celebrate it. Also coming up, we have National Go Birding Day on Tuesday and National Honesty Day. So, you know, if you've been lying the other 364 days of the year, You've got to be honest on Tuesday, so. Tuesday is also World Healing Day, so maybe, maybe your honesty will help with the healing. Yeah. You can be honest and do some healing for those lies you've been telling. <laughs> Hopefully people are honest even when it's not Honesty Day, but I guess we'll see. Wednesday is Labor Day, and, um, we're gonna have to remember to pull out that CD and we have a whole bunch of labor songs. Yeah, we do. Right next week. A song about May Day, and yeah, the, almost everywhere in the world that I know of celebrates Labor Day on the 1st of May because of the campaign back a long time ago for the 40-hour work week back in the late 1800s. So yeah, we can celebrate it on that day too, on May 1st, May Day. Um, Wednesday is also National Infertility Survival Day and National Dance Day. Hmm. So we can dance in honor of May Day. All right. Any happenings? I don't know. Is anything going on in southern Illinois? Maybe. <laughs> but um, Die House is celebrating its 70th anniversary with the Be the Change series. Each month will feature several special events that explore new social justice, environmental, and spiritual themes. The themes for April are women and social justice, climate change, and Buddhism. For more information, including a full list, go online to ourguyhouse.org. Yes. Another event we have is the one we mentioned a little bit earlier, the Spring Membership Drive. We'll mention that one more time in case you've forgotten or haven't already become a member. Number to call is 618 618- 457-3691, it's your opportunity to be a part of Community Radio. This station is not just the DJs who come here, not just the station manager, it's also you, the listener, who calls in and makes your pledge and helps keep us on the air. And of course, give a call so you can talk to Teresa. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'll be here a little bit after the show. You can, if you catch me, you could talk to me then. Uh, number to call is 618- 457-3691. You can be a part of Community Radio by giving us a call. Be the change. Rise up, Southern Illinois. Sexual Assault Awareness Month, sponsored by the Women's Center. You can get more information online at the women at CTR. So... The Women CTR. Yes. Abbreviation for Center. There's a, a lot of stuff that's been happening around. So, yeah, they've already together. had a lot of good ones and they've got some more left in the month, so. Yeah. Together we can end sexual violence. Yes. Alright, let's see. We also have coming up Rice and Spice International Slow Food Dinner. 
Uh, the theme this week is spring. SIU's Eta Sigma Gamma will be hosting this week's dinner, and the theme is spring. The menu will include local foods, and there will also be a short presentation by ESG members. There will be a meat and vegetarian options available, so everyone is welcome. Sounds like a fun way to celebrate spring. That's over at 6 o'clock at Guy House Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois. And while rice and spice is happening downstairs, upstairs at 7 to 10 p.m. is the Guy House Open Mic Series. Your chance to listen and or jump on the mic and participate in a nice, comfortable living room atmosphere. So. Yes. Sounds like a good time. Do you have an event? Well, if you'd like to have your event be featured on our events calendar, please email info at yourcommunityspirit.org. And we'll mention it not only here, but we also send out a weekly newsletter. If you would like to receive the weekly newsletter, please email info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, here's an event. I'll jump to this one from a flyer here. This is one that is the Forum on Fracking at SIUC. It is coming up tonight. It is over at SIUC. It has two, you know, basically, I don't know if it's necessarily a polar issue, but it's sort of framed that way usually. It's It's got the pro-fracking and the anti-fracking people, uh, however you want to frame that. So it's coming up tonight at 7 p.m. at the John C. Guion Auditorium at Morris Library. So the big auditorium at Morris Library. They'll have various people from with various degrees of experience and knowledge in the issue talking about fracking. And they, they will have opportunity for discussion afterwards as well. The Farmer's Market, Saturdays from 8 until noon on the West Town Mall parking lot in Carbondale, is celebrating the 35th year and consists of vendors from all over Local foods, local art, local food. Did I forget to mention there's food? <laughs> it's like this time of the year there's also a lot of plants, so you can get herbs and tomatoes and stuff like that to start to plant your garden. So. Yes, sounds like a good time. Let's see, another couple of quick happenings. Monk on the go, coming up Saturday at 1 p.m. at Guy House. Bonte San, a Buddhist monk originally from Sri Lanka, will be giving an informal talk on Buddhism. It's sponsored by the Sunyata Center and presented as part of Guy House's April theme of Buddhism. On Sunday, April 28th at 6.30 p.m., the AIDS Candlelit Memorial Service at the Church of the Good Shepherd, 515 South Orchard Drive. Please join in our region's annual AIDS Candlelight Memorial Service on Sunday at 6.30 p.m. Remember those lost to HIV/AIDS. Give hope to those coping with the disease and witness to the day when HIV/AIDS will be overcome. So, more information: GoodShepherd-UCC.org, or show up on Sunday at 6:30 p.m. Okay, looks like we're at about the the time to start wrapping up. Any last-minute happenings? Well, the Habitat for Humanity they're doing every Saturday, um, building a house at 2006 Commercial Street in Murfreesboro. If you'd like to help build a house for somebody, 
Habitat for Humanity. We'll be working all Saturday. Yes, and you'll have the opportunity to help build a house. You know, you get to learn a little bit about house building and also help someone have a home. So, yeah. Well, I guess this has once again been an informative and exciting episode of Your Community Spirit. And give Tree Song a call at 618-457-3691. Talk about the show. Talk about how you like to support our show and support your community radio and your community spirit. Yes. You've been around for quite a few years. Tell us what you think. Yes, and we'll be around for quite a few more if you keep making your pledges. <laughs> it's 618-457-3691. Have a good one and stay energized. Yes, stay energized. We'll see you here next week on the radio.